Wood versus Lucy, Lady Duff Gordon. Landmark cases. The Four Legal English Podcast is now in session. On today's docket, we discuss the landmark case of Wood versus Lucy, Lady Duff Gordon. This 1917 New York case concerns what is sufficient consideration required to form a contract, as well as express and implied promises. Benjamin Cardozo, later appointed to the Supreme Court of the United States, was one of the leading American jurists of the 20th century, wrote this opinion. Welcome to the Four Legal English Podcast. This is the show for lawyers, law students, and other professionals from all over the world who want to improve both their legal English and legal knowledge. In this podcast, we discuss different legal topics, such as law in the news, law in practice, legal writing, legal movies, and other issues. I am Timothy Barrett, your host. I was a practicing attorney in the United States, then I moved to Tbilisi, Georgia to become a law professor. Now I teach courses on the Four Legal English website, and of course I host this podcast. Go to the website, four, as in the number four, legalenglish, no spaces or dashes, dot com. That's fourlegalenglish.com. Check out our blog articles, available courses, and the show notes for this episode. Before starting the podcast, I want to share an exciting announcement. I've just started a new website. Of course, we have the fourlegalenglish.com website, but now we also have the fourbusinessenglish.com website. Now, the business English does have a hyphen, a dash in between. So it's for the number four, business-english.com, fourbusinessenglish.com. So, of course, for legal English focuses on legal English and lawyers, law students, etc., the For Business English will focus on more business English, not so much legally related. But of course, there's a huge overlap. There are a lot of terms that, that can be used in both. So if you have friends or colleagues that may not be lawyers, but they do want to improve their business English, please share with them the new website, forbusinessenglish.com. And of course, if you have lawyer friends, and I know that you do, please, please share with them forlegalenglish.com. It'd be great to have some more followers and encourage them to check out the courses that we have available. All right, on to the regular podcast. So this is one of the classic contract law cases. Every lawyer in the United States has probably read this case and is somewhat familiar with it. Although this case is an old case, it's over 100 years old, what, 105 years old, it's still relevant today. In fact, sometimes it reads like it's only five years old. When you think about it, Lady Duff Gordon was one of the first social influencers. Long before Instagram or YouTube, she was influencing what people bought and, and did consider herself a, quote, creator of fashions, close quote. 
because of her reputation, someone in the U.S. wanted to use her name in likeness to try to sell clothes in the U.S. She's from the U.K. This court case is a dispute over that contract. The plaintiff, Wood, formed a contract with the defendant, Lucy Lady Duff Gordon, so that he would have exclusive rights to market designs with her endorsements in the United States. So what is an exclusive right? A lot of international contracts, especially with intellectual property, deal with exclusive rights. If you want to publish a book or use someone's likeness, that sort of thing, you would need rights to do that. Now, a lot of people or companies might pay a lot more money to have the exclusive rights, to be the only one that's authorized to publish this book in this country or in that continent, that sort of thing. Obviously, if several companies have that same right, then your right isn't nearly as important or as financially valuable, and you probably want to be the only one with that right. That just makes sense. So the dispute was when somebody else was using Lady Duff Gordon's image and endorsement. So then the next question when you're reading this case, and it's a very short case, I'll provide links in the show notes. So if you are interested in reading a case, this is definitely a good one to start with. And that's the basis for this claim. But now that we're familiar with what the claim is, we next want to consider what was the defense. Well, the defense was that there really wasn't a contract. Certainly they signed a document that said it was a contract, but it wasn't an enforceable contract. It wasn't really valid. Therefore, if there is no contract, she's not in breach of contract. How could she violate a contract if there was no contract? Now, what's the basis for this? What is the defendant's argument? That the defendant didn't provide any consideration. In other words, quote, she says that the plaintiff does not bind himself to anything, close quote. So if he doesn't bind himself to anything, he didn't actually promise to do something for the defendant, then there's no consideration and there's no contract. The court, however, rejects this. It says instead that, quote, such a promise is fairly to be implied, close quote. So in other words, the court rejects the notion that there has to be some exact wording when forming a contract. And it kind of says that the law has outgrown that. That's not necessarily a requirement anymore in the modern era of this 20th century. And that looking at this contract, at this agreement, it's clear that there was a promise that is implied. The court then goes through and kind of describes that. One of the factors that the court looked at that if there was no promise to do best efforts to do something, then what were they agreeing on? In effect, if the plaintiff wasn't successful, if he didn't do anything, then the defendant wouldn't receive any pay since her payment is based on part of the results that the plaintiff gets using her endorsements. Because the defendant's payment is based on profits that the plaintiff makes using her endorsement. If he doesn't make any profits, then the defendant doesn't get paid. (music) 
The court also considers that the plaintiff also promised to make a full accounting of what efforts it made, if it has any copyrights, trademarks, anything like that, in an accounting of the monies received and spent. And to the court, that was a significant promise, again, showing the intention of the parties as well. So the court, the court determines that there was an implied promise to, quote, use reasonable efforts to bring profits and revenues into existence, close quote. Reasonable efforts sometimes is called best efforts. And this is kind of subjective. You know, how much effort does someone have to go in to fulfill an obligation of reasonable or best efforts? But that's not the question in, in this case. The question is, was there really a promise? If there wasn't a promise, or if it, the promise was just illusory, it appears like it's a promise, but it's not really promising anything, then there's no consideration, there's no contract. For instance, if I say to you, if you paint my house, and if I like it, then I will pay you $1,000. Well, that's not really a promise. That's not really a contract, because if I like it, what does that mean? So that promise is illusory. I'm not really promising anything. But that example is distinguishable from this case, where the implied promise is that the plaintiff will use reasonable efforts or best efforts in order to make some profits. And to be clear, the defendant isn't claiming that they didn't do enough, so it's not a question of what were the efforts reasonable efforts or not. It's just whether there that was a real promise or not. The court says it was a promise. And since there was a promise, there was consideration. And since there was consideration, this was a valid contract. Express and implied are two very important terms, especially in contract law, but in other areas as well. When something is expressed, it's made very clear, it's articulated, it's put in words. It could be oral spoken words, or it could be written down, that doesn't really matter, but it's clear in words. When something is implied, then it's not said directly, but anyone listening or reading would understand that that's what was meant. But the parties or the, or the outside observer does have to make that inference. As lawyers, we'd certainly prefer everything to be express. We want it to be very clear, both the rights and obligations of the buyer and the rights and obligations of the seller in any contract. You wouldn't want to have a lot of implied agreements. You want to make it express and make it very clear what each party is agreeing to. Consideration is one of the four essential elements to form a common law contract. The four elements are offer, acceptance, intention, and consideration. Especially for lawyers with a civil law background, consideration is certainly the trickiest of the four elements. The other three are pretty self-explanatory. But before there is a contract, both parties have to provide consideration. I'm not going to go further into consideration here, but I encourage you to, if you haven't already, listen to our word of the week about consideration. That will explain some more of the details of this important legal concept. Lexicon. Here are some of the legal English lexicon words 
that we used in today's episode. Consideration, exclusive right, express, implied, promise, sufficient consideration. What questions do you have about today's episode? You can post questions or other comments on the show notes themselves. This is a great way to practice and improve your legal English skills and to make sure any of the questions you have get answered. Go to our website, 4 is in the number 4, legalenglish, no spaces or dashes, dot com, for legalenglish.com. You can check out our blog articles, available courses, and the show notes for this episode. Please subscribe to the podcast, give us five stars and a review. If you leave a great review, maybe we'll read it on air next time. If you leave a great review, maybe we'll read it on air next time. So go ahead and leave an awesome review. The Four Legal English Podcast is adjourned. Don't miss the next docket call.